Quiet on the set. Action. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Machine Podcast. We are live at Die Laughing this weekend. It's very Woo! exciting. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And we are a show where we make up a movie very fast for you based on a random suggestion from the internet. So I'm your moderator today, Jacob Gulliver. And as always, we are joined by the Hollywood elite. We have three wonderful guests today who are going to help us make this movie. We have our writer, Ben Lifson, who is Donald Glover's mustache groomer on the upcoming mm -hmm. solo movie. Nice work. We have yeah. our director, Kyle Decker, who is Nick Frost's stunt double on Into the Badlands. And we have our producer, Jenny Young, who is the new head of the extended Hotel Transylvania Extended Universe. Congratulations, Jenna. Thank you so much. I'm very proud. Our movie machine has given us some divine uh, providence here, so we have a, a new prompt for you. The theme of this story is a romantic revenge. The main character is an attractive hero. The major event of the story is reconciliation. All right, so... I'm thinking, and obviously this will be constrained by the producer, but a series that I don't think has been tapped enough is the Lord Tolkien's work. They, I mean, they made you know Lord of the Rings movies and Hobbit trilogy. I, I don't think they added enough from the books in that. It, it was too short. So I think we are going to really set a romance in Middle Earth. We don't have the rights. I know Christopher Tolkien won't give us the right, anyone the rights to the other stuff, but you know, Tolkien fans won't care if we just make things up or change the lore. You know what I mean? They're, they're very flexible, and so I think they will be very open to us taking this in a new direction. So this is going to be a Romeo and Juliet in Middle-earth between the elves and dwarves. I know they did that in The Hobbit, and that was a very interesting subplot, but I don't think it went far enough. So the attractive hero is the elves, because, I mean, come on, just look at them. You know what I mean? It's just like, man, you know, we'll make up an elf name like Rondeloth, the bow bringer. Uh, you know, we'll get something in Elvish that sounds cool. You know, we don't see enough female dwarves in uh, the film, so it's going to be man-elf and a lady dwarf. But here's the thing is because revenge, and this is originally the romance was meant to bring down the dwarves. You know, so the elves were like, let us marry the dwarven princess and unite our kingdoms and then we shall slay the dwarven princess or something and it'll bring an end to the dwarves. And so, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, he's trying to do revenge. It's all a secret, you know, secret meetings. But, you know, he actually starts to fall in love with dwarf name Bertha the Hammer Bringer. <laughs> but, you know, they actually start to fall in love and eventually you are able to unite the two kingdoms, the elves and dwarves, and they reconcile with each other, bringing peace between them as they unite their kingdoms. Do and you have a title for this film? J.R. Tolkien's or not, or J.R. Tolkien's elvish word for love. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, and I will look that up. 
Okay. <laughs> so, Kyle, uh, you're working at your desk, and an yeah. arrow flies through the window. It's immaculately crafted, <laughs> the finest arrow you've ever seen. A scroll unfolds with metallic golden text, mm. uh, providing you with this script for this newest film, uh, which is in a language you don't understand, but somehow you know it means love. What do you think? Is this something that you can make into a movie, and how are you going <clears> to <throat> put your spin on it? So, the story is amazing. However, along with the arrow, two armed thugs from Amazon just came by and threatened to hit my knees with a war hammer because they just paid like $250 million for the rights to make a Hobbit TV series. That's real, guys. Look it up. It's insane. Mm. Also, the uh, word is Mel. Mel. So what we're going to do is we're going to remove J.R. Tolkien from the title, and then through casting, I'm going to do something that may, would make sure no Tolkien fan will actually recognize this film as a Tolkien spoof at all. Spoof. I won't. I won't well, not a spoof. I mean, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're completely co-opting Tolkien culture here. The polite word is homage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to do it in a way that no fantasy fan will recognize this as Tolkien's work. Just, just follow me, and I think you'll get what I'm saying. So our, our dwarf king, who's kind of at the, whose daughter is going to be played by Denzel Washington, okay? <laughs> and then she is going to be played by Viola Davis, because she she's hot. She's off an Oscar nomination. She's fantastic. And our elf, handsome elf, like warrior badass, played by Winston Duke. You following me? Yeah. And he's going to have a uh, an aged old elf best friend who spouts wisdom and everything. And it's uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I, I, I don't want to say explicitly what I'm doing to subvert typical Western fantasy trope, but just follow me here, okay? We're going to follow your arc and everything. It's going to be set. They're going to do like a big song number that's based off like Norse song and everything like they did in the Hobbit movie. And these actors are going to do it and they're going to sing it like it's their culture and just completely adopt it. And no one, it'll be great. Like Winston Duke, did you see him in Black Panther? He's like six foot eight and like full of charisma and can tell jokes like nobody's business. He's going to helm the shit out of this movie. And Viola Davis, like her comedic timing to play off people, just like this is going to be so freaking good. I'm going to do all wide angle shots, keep budget down instead of using helicopter shots, Lord of the Rings. Instead of filming in New Zealand, we'll, we'll just we'll, actually, yeah, let's film in New Zealand in the exact same spots they did. But instead of helicopters, I'm going to employ an army of drones and simultaneously film from like 17 angles at once. It's just like we're going to have to do a ton of ADR because you'll just hear. On the raw footage, but it'll be okay because we'll have that. We'll get all the stunt teams and action teams from the John Wick movies, so we have the best action fights and everything. Like no shaky cam, epics and everything. It'll be awesome. We'll have all this. We'll, we'll get the same way to workshop people who made all the armor and stuff, and like we'll take all the armor design from like Western history and like inspire a little Roman. So it's like fully embrace European culture with this this awesome cast, and no one will recognize that we're pretty much pulling us beat for beat Tolkien, but no one will know why, right? So that's all I got. All right, so Jenna, you've got uh, a detailed treatment and some some big names signed on to this film, which is currently called Mel. It's an elf and dwarf love story, which may or may not take place in the Tolkien universe. What do you think? Is this something the studio's ready to work on, and uh, what kind of budget can these guys expect? You know, I love this idea. I am so excited over this. I think there are a few things missing, though. 
I think we need uh, puppets. And I, I don't mean like sock puppets or anything. I mean like like some some Henson style. Like dark crystal like, shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got excited. I think, I think we need some of those. The, the tree thing is overdone in CGI anyway, but like, you know, maybe maybe it's like a talking thistle or a, I don't know, something. Something uh, that, that, I mean, uh, ooh, or like a rose or something symbolic, like, you know, so, something that really helps pull the, the love aspect together, like it just kind of ties that theme in. I'm also thinking, so let's see, we've got the puppets. I want a little bit more out of this love story. Like, like I get the whole, like, captive, blah, 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 whatever, but that's that's a little Stockholm-y to me, so... <laughs> I want at least a point of empowerment for this dwarf chick. Yeah, you know, something something that's like, nah, bitch, I got this. Some, something to give her more strength, which sounds weird to say about a dwarf, but I feel like storyline, we, we really want to kind of give that a bit more of a, a feminist bump. We could conceivably throw like some class system stuff in there. We're talking about like a king and princess and a whatever. And, and I, I kind of want to see a little bit more depth in that direction, just kind of some theme type stuff. And then if we could get just like, I want like a lagoon scene. And I don't know what that entails per se. I just really like like water features. So yeah, if we could do all of that, I, th I think we should do that. And I think that's just gonna like put this whole thing over the top. In order to do this, yeah, I know New Zealand is pricey and I know like getting uh, the Henson company on board is gonna, and there's a lot of big names in here. I'm gonna give this a starting budget of uh, 40 million. We'll start there. I want to. I want to see where you go with it. All right. So Ben, you've got some revisions from the studio. You've mm -hmm. got some details on who's going to be in this movie. They apparently like your title, Mel. So what do you think? What comes next? So first off, I think uh, we can work this. You know, empowerment scene, um, all that. You know, we can work in an action scene in a lagoon. So we're going to have a scene where the elf and dwarf go off because they need to get a special wedding ring. Mm. Maybe that that was forged in the first cauldron of the witch king Dargamoth or something. Ooh. You know, we can make up our own stuff now. Just just say a bunch of names and it'll sound... I mean, uh, no, this is very profound. I'm thinking about it. Um, uh, so they go that, and it's in the dark lagoon of Darmothman where the ancient wedding ring is, is kept by a dragon, because dragons like treasure, because they're like lying in it and... Lying in, you know, like being like Scrooge McDuck, except giant. So, so there'll be a big scene where they need to slay this dragon. And, you know, you can, we'll have like the dwarf and elf fighting it. And, you know, that can actually become more and more attracted to each other as they're fighting this dragon and are in perfect sync with each other. And then nice. when they slay the dragon, you know, they're covered in blood. And then they like embrace each other and like start kissing and, and like with all the blood over their face. And uh, it'll, it'll be very steamy, you know. Oh, I'm liking this. Yeah. yeah. The blood. The bl the blood and gold, you know, it'll, oh. yeah, we'll be ticking off someone's box, we'll just say. Um, <laughs> I don't know if casting, but uh, also, you know, the dwarf lady needs to have a beard, because dwarven culture. So, yeah, that's my thing. It's like, you know, just really writing in this big, you know, quest that they need to go in to, to get this ring. It starts out, and that's really how they make more of their connections, by, you know, being in peril together and seeing how the two fight. You know, the elf uses bows and archery and sorcery, 
and uh, the dwarf just hits stuff. <laughs> and I think, you know, it'll be a nice, you know, they'll make their connection that way. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's really a microcosm for the dwarves and elves to work together for they are stronger together. Obviously, I want the dragon to talk, so uh, that's going to go to our director. So, yeah, that's my big change. All right, so Kyle, you've got some revisions back. You have some more details on specific scenes. Uh, Jenna's booked a a vacation, I mean a production residency at a lagoon for you. Mm -hmm. What do you think? How's this going? What's going to happen next? All right, I love the sexiness, cranking up the sexiness 100% down. I'm loving most of the things. With the budget, I am not going to sacrifice on the quality of the effects, the cinematography and everything. We got to make that dragon look boss. So I can't afford Denzel and Winston Mm -hmm. Duke and Viola Davis and Whoopi Goldberg. They're just, they're two, they're A-listers. They're too expensive. So we got to go cheap and uh the other thing i have to change the love story uh, as much as we'd love to have a lady dwarf most actresses have more respect to work for the money that i'm going to offer to do all my special effects so literally not a single black woman agreed to do this movie um so we're recasting uh i have a friend in the irs who did me a favor so we got wesley snipes on board um uh We've got Keith David doing the voice of the dragon because he's just looking for work. Ice T's looking to get out of TV, so he's going to play the dwarf in the love story opposite Wesley Snipes. I did have not told either one of them that it is a gay love story yet, but I think we'll be okay, right? Um, uh, like it's just we got to work with a budget here like i wanted this you know like and it's fine i i understand that we're here to make money right i'm feeling the uh the producer on that uh i'm trying to think we need a couple more casts to fill it out luke gossett jr is gonna be added to the cast as well and uh michael jai white that rounds out our cast because like we're gonna pay them a good rate just just they're getting paid working actor fees let's put it that way the lagoon scene holy shit is that have you seen wesley snipes under a water fall because in test footage holy shit is it pure (laughs) freaking beauty when like the water just hits his muscles and everything and uh wow i'm sorry i got like i the crew had to do this in shifts as they took breaks to take cold showers while we were filming I don't mean to pat my own back, but it might be the most amazing thing I've ever done in my career. And my whole reel is going to be the extended 17 minutes that, like, my director's cut has the, the lagoon scene to 17 minutes. I, I For the theatrical release, I got it down to four. Because, I, I, like I said, we're here to make money. I got the final cut down to 90 minutes. It's a nice, slick, you know, thing. Director's cut's four hours long. Um, <laughs> we'll put that on the Blu-ray. It's a lot of... Wesley Snipes without a shirt with water and it's pretty great so that's all I got all right so Jenna you've got some very specific revisions back oh Uh, yeah you have you have a lot of let's call it sensual footage yes uh, of of Wesley Snipes uh, and and iced tea Uh, what do you think is this heading the right direction and is there anything you want to change before this this gets the the ship out the door to theaters Originally, when I first heard about the changes, I was really upset because I really wanted the whole like feminism angle and and to work with the class stuff. But after watching all of that footage, uh, I no, just right. I oh no, I'm on board. I am totally down with all of this. 
I, I do absolutely love the creativity that the team has has come up with under the the tightened budget. I, tightened is right. Yeah. So I'm I'm digging all of that. I think we need. I I think the the dragon, the original look of the dragon, just wasn't quite what I was going for. It looked a little bit more like. Puff the magic dragon, then like you know something. That was twenty million dollars of our budget on that dragon. Yeah, it was just, it was, it it wasn't doing it for. Me. It just seemed too perky almost for what was going on with the rest of the film. Was it, it the hypersensitive nipples? I kind of yeah. Oh damn it! So I know they're not mammals, but I I, I know that we don't have a lot. Ex- we don't really have anything left in the budget, but I I think we need to find a way to revamp that just a little bit. Like I I don't know where where to get the money from. I'll see if I can scrape something together. But that that dragon was just it was it was awkward. It was the awkward. Going I'm sorry. out the door like tomorrow. Yeah, well, get get moving then. <laughs> like, I I just I think that dragon was was okay. We'll take the nipples out. We'll make it. We'll we'll make it a little more streamlined. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I think that'll help. As do as as do if Keith Davis doing the voice, it better be a badass dragon. You're right. That yeah. was on me. I, I took okay. a bold choice, and it was the Thank wrong one. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I did like what you did with the uh the the talking daffodil, though. I think that was fantastic. Some so, of my best thank work. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was great. I was not aware of this. I, I couldn't believe we got Mario Van Peebles to voice it, though. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I, I was so, so beautifully juxtaposed. He insisted on taking his shirt off in the studio, though. I don't know what that was about. It was... Did you get footage of that? Yeah, I mean, is Mario Van Peebles shirtless? Of course I did. All right. We'll, <laughs> who, we'll talk later. Who do I look like? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to feed your movie, Mel, into the movie machine. <laughs> I'm going to pull our lever, which (laughs) sounds like a dragon's roar. You all heard that, right? Mm -hmm. So this movie has some very interesting results. (laughs) There are plenty of people who don't like it, but there are tons of people who really do. Tumblr just, like, eats this movie alive. (laughs) They think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened. And, like, everybody's shipping everyone. And, like, the, the erotic fan art is just, like, massive. Like, Tumblr goes down when this movie comes out because their their servers are overloaded as, as people are posting their, their fan art of these characters. And, you know, Wesley Snipes finally pays his taxes. Like, he, he has a transformative experience getting to do, like, a film he really was excited about again. Yes. Ice-T comes out of the closet as bisexual. And, like, he talks about, like, you know, the homophobic culture of his youth. And, like, you know, the, it becomes, like, this, you know, wonderful you know, point for, you know, young folks who experience that to like, you know, get behind. And it's like this, this nice little moment for, for those folks who are, are struggling with that themselves. So, you know, you get a lot of positive press, even if the movie's not all that amazing. There's some cool stuff that happens in it. It's, it's pretty sexy. And like a lot of people like that, but it's certainly no masterpiece. Um, the, and the Tolkien estate, we totally like bamboozled them, right? Yeah, so I mean, like you, you kept it different enough that it wasn't it wasn't tied in. That's um, not the adjective yeah. I'd use, but yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of one specific one. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you you managed to avoid that. The thing that ends up hurting you the most is is actually your title because it is straight up elvish. So you end up in you know legal legal battle for a while uh. with that, but. Um, you know, there there was a character listed as one of the background characters was named Mel. So you you found like a legal that was the name of the daffodil. Of that was the smart right. Yeah, yeah. Was Mel. So you know, it was 
you found a legal loophole to get out of that situation. Um, and, you know, it's just, it doesn't really compel people to run to the theater. It's just the crazy-ass footage did. So, since the movie machine is magic, we can take a little more time to mm-hmm. go back, make any last-minute changes. Or, if you want to call it art, that's cool, too. So beginning with our writer. So, I, I think we missed an opportunity to do some real-world building of our setting. Mm. So um, I've written several five-page monologues that I would like certain characters to say, you know, explaining the culture of the dwarves and, you know, how the first king of Arngard met with the king of the Duke of Man who once slayed the archdemon of Asmograth, whose cousin was also the secret cousin of the fire giants. And, you know, let's, let's just go on. You know, we can work it in organically, you know, and just like just say a bunch of things. We want this setting to feel real. We want what's happening to just show that what's happening in the story is just a small part of a larger world. There are forces out there. And though this love is but a flicker in the shadowy darkness of muck that once the Dark Lord mm. shall return on the ninth summer. You know, that can even set up for a sequel. I mean, that's in the four hours director's cut. I'll cram all that shit right. in there. And, you know, you know, set up for a sequel where, you know, then, you know, we had gay elf and dwarf. And let's set up a sequel where we'll have a uh, lesbian uh, mm. orc and uh, human. You know, they're enemies, too. We're just breaking all the barriers here. Okay. Let's make this into a franchise, an epic fantasy Ooh. world. All right, so Kyle, you've got a few more revisions. You've been told to add in more. What do you think? Is that something you're going to agree with? Yeah, so I, I'm down with that. As long as we can keep it right at the 90-minute cut, I think that's what really did it some favors because it was a lean, exciting movie romp with sexy-ass Wesley Snipes. Mm. And, and Ice-T, man. Ice-T, man, that guy, he hired a trainer. I didn't know a man that old could look that rip, but, man, he pulled off that sexy dwarf look like nobody's business, so I'm down. Nice. I do agree the title's problematic. I have some titles wrapping in my head because, but I'm a white director in Hollywood. Every title I can think of this film involves the word black and then something. And I think that is, you know, I'm not Marvel of the 1970s and 80s. So I'm just going to avoid doing that. I'm just going to leave the title as it is, even though it's not great. It didn't hurt us that mm-hmm. much. We'll incorporate a daffodil maybe in the poster for promotional materials. And, and I'm going to punch up, have Mel be the talking daffodil with Mario Van Peebles. He recorded so much stuff. We don't have to bring him in. We just use. And he, he along the way, he's able to pop up as a flower in different places and give advice to the lovers and everything. And it's great. So the, the story kind of the point of view slightly shifted to the daffodil not totally so like all the sex scenes like when they're just getting it on the lagoon and the water or from like the camera angle where the daffodil be growing on like the grove really nearby it's not the only thing growing in that scene (laughs) right anyway that's all i got oh i get it All right, so Jenna, are you happy with your production team? Did they make the movie that you wanted to? You uh, change anything? I I love the movie itself as art. I I couldn't stop watching and rewatching and rewatching it. Uh, My wrist gets tired when I watch it. I don't I, know why. Mine too. Um, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> right. Uh, so I would keep the art concept the same. Um, 
But uh, I, I hate being in court. So I think that I would, I mean, pushing the daffodil more may may help a lot. Changing the name, possibly. I, I might actually do that just because, ah, I, that's so boring, you guys. You have no idea how how gross that is. So. We needed something boring from the title because the amount of like blood that's going to rush to certain body parts during this film. Like they can't get too excited for the title, I think. Yeah. But you're the producer. I, I defer to you. I get, well, it's, um, I don't know, uh, something about rushing streams or, or something that's more like, you know, I, I want to hit that lagoon. Uh, blood uh, on gold. Blood on gold. That's good. I like that. The word black isn't in the title at all. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know how to do that when I have a cast like this. So yeah. I just like, like, I don't, there's like some genetic thing. Like I want to do the title. So I just avoid it. Anything else you want to add? Nope. That's, that's it. All right. Well, nothing really Ears changes uh, beyond that point. Oh, okay. Uh, what, what did you end up with the final title? Uh, blood, blood and gold. Uh, right? Ears so. and beards. No, I like no. blood and gold. Elves and okay. blood and gold. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So blood and gold does a little bit better in the marketing than Mel does. You you get a little more traffic that first round, but nothing really changes. <laughs> the same effects are, are pretty much there. You are absolutely able to make your money back, and you get to continue to work. Hopefully, you you end up making more movies that you love in a deep intimate way that you love this one how does the expanded universe do well i guess you'll have to find out next (gasps) time on the movie machine (laughs) and as always uh we are going to end our episode with a quote of wisdom from our new patron saint jaden smith lately people call me scoop life (laughs) yeah right (laughs) do they thanks for joining us everyone (laughs) we've been the movie machine thank you very much hotchocolatemedia.net